The beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the Son of God. As it is written in Isaiah the prophet, Behold, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He'll prepare your way, a voice of one crying out in the desert. Prepare the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. John the Baptist appeared in the desert, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for forgiveness of sins. People of the whole Judean countryside and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the Jordan River as they acknowledged their sins. John was clothed in camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist. He fed on locusts and wild honey, and this is what he proclaimed. One mightier than I is coming after me. I am not worthy to stoop and loosen the thongs of his sandals. I have baptized you with water. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, The Battle of Iwo Jima in World War II is one of the most famous in the, in the history of the war. And in fact, it's perhaps the most famous war monument that we have in Washington, D.C., the image of Marines raising the flag. But Iwo Jima was also one of the more tragic instances as, well, war in its entirety is tragic, but in the fact that it was the one battle in the Pacific where the Americans lost more soldiers than the Japanese. And there was a number of factors that related to this, and I was reminded last night of all the different factors that went into it. But one of the, a number of the key factors actually had to do with the way in which ultimately the American forces prepared. They ultimately depended now too heavily upon numbers alone. America now knew that it had the upper hand and it just was simply relying on that. They allowed many of the more experienced soldiers to leave after their term of service instead of asking them to stay on train and perhaps even lead some of the different groups on the beaches of Iwo Jima. And there was also just a failure to prepare in a number of other ways. Not prepared for the fact that there would be tunnel systems, not prepared for how soft the beach would be, which would result in tanks and artillery being way less effective than intended. Why do I mention this? Because in today's gospel, we hear about preparing the way of the Lord, make straight his paths. The big mistake that the Americans made in the lead up to this battle is obviously you're always going to lose men in battle, was that they assumed too much, trusted too much in simply technology or numbers. And we hear John the Baptist saying, ultimately, that he is preparing the way of the Lord. And in our own lives, so often, we can fail to prepare. I know for myself, too often, I just tend to go through the motions, wandering from one task to another without much intention behind it. And I think even in this season of Advent, as we are focusing on gratitude, this week I was reflecting on how gratitude really does prepare our hearts properly to receive the Lord in this Advent season. Not just the coming of the Lord at Christmas, but it also prepares our hearts to receive him and that middle coming that St. Bernard talks about into our hearts, that he wants to always make straight the paths within our hearts to open us to him, but then also ultimately to prepare our hearts for his coming at the end of time. And we can express this in so many different ways, and gratitude 
tends to be an obstacle to the Lord making his way in our heart. We can cry in bitterness about whatever life situation we have. This is too difficult. I don't like my job. That light always turns red. I don't like that priest. Mass is too long. On and on and on. And these expressions of ingratitude towards the goodness of creation ultimately testify to just that. Testify to the fact that we fail to recognize what we are taught in the first pages of the scriptures. Whenever God creates Adam and Eve in the garden, having called creation good up to that point, now calls it very good. So often what I find in myself whenever I express ingratitude, whenever I'm just bitter and just assuming that the world is out to get me, what's really happening is I've lost my trust. I've lost my trust that God is good and that he has created creation as good. And that in every situation of life, there is always something to be grateful for. There is always something for which we can express that we are truly grateful. Because the world was created in goodness, yes, it has been unfortunately marred by sin, by evil, But nonetheless, it was created ultimately good. For us in our lives of faith, it is important for us to remind ourselves that ingratitude grains itself in our hearts and prevents us from having a disposition of thanksgiving and of praise, a disposition which is so necessary for the Lord's presence. Because without thankfulness, without gratitude, the Lord cannot dwell. A grateful heart silences a complaining heart. But a grateful heart also welcomes the presence of Christ. Because everything ultimately can be a gift whenever understood properly. Yes, evil is a gift, or evil is not a gift, Evil is terrible. But all things work for good for those who love God. God works in our presence always. And I was even reminded recently by a priest who I've always admired that indeed whenever one suffers, it's a testament to how much the Lord loves us to look at St. Teresa of Avila. You see, in our lives, we are going to suffer. But also, I've encountered in my short life as a priest, my short experience, that there's always a possibility to see gratitude, to see something to be thankful for. As I have seen, been at the bedside of someone who is dying, and they're grateful for their doctors, they're grateful for their family, for their other caregivers, and they're even grateful for the very short visit that I make to them as a priest. 
In those instances, there is always a different situation at that, in that. That no, it is not good that they are undergoing this. But at the same time, so many of them are able to see God's goodness in the midst of what is a difficult, horrible situation. And so gratitude ultimately lays the groundwork for eternity. Because eternity will ultimately be an eternal act of worship, of praise, of the Godhead, of the one triune God who has created us in his image. And so gratitude lays the groundwork for what ultimately we'll be doing for all of eternity. And so it is important for us to recognize in thankfulness an opportunity to prepare our hearts, to train ourselves in a similar way to what the Americans prepared, failed to train their soldiers in a proper way as Marines and Army soldiers wandered aimlessly at times across the beach. Our hearts, too, whenever they are thrown down by bitterness, by desolation, by despair, wanders aimlessly from one passion to another, not being governed by anything in particular. Thankfulness, in my mind, ultimately creates three important things in our lives. First, it instills hope. Hope that ultimately there is a reason to keep going. Hope that even if we fall short, that even if the situation is less than ideal, God is still good and can work good from our life. And gratitude also and thankfulness silences lies about ourselves, others, and even God himself. You're not good enough. That person's out to get you. God doesn't really care about you. All lies. Lies that are extinguished whenever we look, even in the midst of darkness, and see a glimmer of light, something for which to be hopeful and thankful for. And thankfulness also bestows a confidence, giving us joy and peace that make us effective witnesses of the gospel. Whenever I practice thankfulness or gratitude in my life, I always have a good deal more joy. Instead of finding reasons to express my bitterness, instead of finding reasons to be ticked at the world. I instead find reason to ultimately be thankful, a reason to smile, a reason to find ultimately why I could go one more step, one more minute, an hour, a day, a week, even whenever things may be tough. And this in turn then also makes us more effective witnesses to the gospel. Not gonna lie, for like the first three years of Pope Francis's pontificate, whenever I would hear him talk about joy, I kind of would always get a little annoyed. Talk about something else, would you? But I've also come to realize its great importance and ultimately evangelization. Its importance in making us effective witnesses to the gospel, but also for the fact that God wants us to find joy even in the midst of sorrow, difficulty, and even at times, desolation. 
ultimately the attitude of gratitude, of thankfulness, is absolutely necessary for us as disciples, as saints in training. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, it is thankfulness that expresses our hope, expresses our trust in the goodness of God, and expresses ultimately the joy that we should have in having been created in the image and likeness of God, of having been baptized as sons and daughters, adopted by our loving Father. And that, in turn, makes us grateful. That, in turn, or that gratitude, in turn, then enables us to look forward to the goodness that God has in store for those who love him, which is eternal life with him forever.